0: Mary Noel. Welcome back to my podcast of Whispered Stories ASMR. Today, I'm going to be reading the story, Puss in Boots. It's the original version. So, sit back, relax, close your eyes, and if you feel There was once a miller who, at his death, had nothing to leave to his three sons, except his mill, his ass, and his cat. The eldest son took the mill, the second took the ass, and as for the youngest, all that remained for him was the cat youngest son grumbled at this. My brother said he will be able to earn an honest living, but when I have eaten my cat and sold his skin, I shall die of hunger. The cat who was sitting beside him overheard this. Nay, master, he said, don't take such a gloomy view of things. If you will get me a pair so that I can walk through the brambles without hurting my feet, and give me a bag. You shall soon see what I am worth. The cat's master was so surprised to hear his cat talking that he at once got him what he wanted. The cat drew on the boots and slung the bag round his neck and set off, for a rabbit warren when he got there he filled his bag with bran and lettuces and stretching himself out beside it as if dead waited until some young rabbit should be tempted into the bag this happened very soon a fat thoughtless rabbit went in headlong and the cat at once jumped up pulled the strings and killed him. Puss was very proud of his success and going to the king's palace he asked to speak to the king. When he was shown into the king's presence he bowed respectfully and laying the rabbit down before the throne he said Sire, here is a rabbit which my master, the Marquis of Carabas desires me to present to your majesty. Tell your master, said the king, that I accept his present and am very much obliged to him. A few days later, the cat went and hid himself in a cornfield and laid his bag open as before. This time, two splendid partridges were lured into the trap and these also he took to the palace and presented to the king from the Marquis of Carabas. The king was very pleased with this gift, and ordered the messenger of the Marquis of Carabas to be handsomely rewarded. For two or three months the cat went on in this way, carrying game every day to the palace and saying, was sent by the Marquis of Carabas. At last, the cat happened to hear that the king was going to take a drive on the banks of the river with his daughter, the most beautiful princess in the world. He at once went to his master. Master, said he, if you follow my advice, your fortune will be made. Go and bathe in the river at a place I shall show you and I will do the rest very well said the miller's son and he did as the cat told him when he was in the water the cat took away his clothes and hid them and then ran to the road just as the king's coach went by calling out as loudly as he could Help! The Marquis of Carabas will be drowned. The king looked out of the carriage window, and when he saw the cat, who had brought him so many fine rabbits and partridges, he ordered his bodyguards to fly at once to the rescue of the Marquis of Carabas. Then the cat, bathing, some robberts had stolen all of his clothes. The king immediately ordered of his own magnificent suits of clothes to be taken to the Marquis, so when the miller's son appeared before the monarch and his daughter, he looked so handsome and was so splendidly attired that the princess fell in love with him on the spot. Was so struck with his appearance that he insisted upon his getting into the carriage to take a drive with them. The cat, delighted with the way his plans were turning out, ran on before he reached a meadow where some peasants were making hay. Good people, said he, if you do not tell the king when he comes this way, "'that the meadow you are mowing "'belongs to the Marquis of Carabas, "'you shall all be chopped up into little pieces.' "'When the king came by, "'he stopped to ask the haymakers "'to whom the meadow belonged. "'To the Marquis of Carabas, "'if it please your majesty,' "'answered they, "'trembling, for the cat's threat "'had frightened them terribly. "'The cat,' Who continued to run before the carriage now came to some reapers good people said he if you do not tell the king that all this corn belongs to the marquis of carabas you shall all be chopped up into little pieces the king again stopped to ask to whom the lamb belonged and the reapers obedient to the cat's command answered To the Marquis of Carabas, please, your majesty. And all the way, the cat kept running on before the carriage, repeating the same instructions to all the laborers he came to, so that the king became very astonished at the vast possessions of the Marquis of Carabas. At last the cat arrived at a great castle, where an ogre lived, who was very rich for all the lands through which the king had been riding, were part of his estate. The cat knocked at the castle door and asked to see the ogre. The ogre received him very civilly and asked him what he wanted. "'If you please, sir,' said the cat, "'I have heard that you have the power "'of changing yourself.' Into any sort of animal you please, and I came to see if it could possibly be true. So I have, replied the ogre, and in a moment he turned himself into a lion. This gave the cat a great fright, and he scrambled up the curtains to the ceiling. Indeed, sir, he said, I am now quite convinced of your power to turn yourself into such a huge animal as a lion, but I do not suppose you can change yourself into a small one, such as a mouse, for instance. Indeed I can, cried the ogre indignantly, and in a moment the lion had vanished while a little brown mouse frisked about the floor. In less than half a second, The cat sprang down from the curtains, and pounced upon the mouse, ate him all up before the ogre had time to return to any other shape. And when the king arrived at the castle gates, there stood the cat, upon the doorstep bowing and saying, Welcome to the castle of the Marquis of Carabas. The marquis helped the king. for the cat, he was given the title of Puss in Boots, and ever after only caught mice for his own amusement. The End I hope you enjoyed this version of Puss in Boots, and now, stay tuned for the bonus story. Hans Christian Andersen. A flea, a grasshopper, and a leapfrog once wanted to see which could jump highest, and they invited the whole world and everybody else besides who chose to come to see the festival. Three famous jumpers were they, as everyone would say, They all met together in the room. I will give my daughter to him who jumps highest, exclaimed the king, for it is not so amusing where there is no prize to jump for. The flea was the first to step forward. He had exquisite manners and bowed to the company on all sides, for he had noble blood was, moreover, accustomed to the society of man alone, and that makes a great difference. Then came the grasshopper. He was considerably heavier, but he was well-mannered and wore a green uniform, which he had by right of birth. He said, moreover, that he belonged to a very ancient Egyptian family and that in the house where he then was, he was thought much of. The fact was, he had been just brought out of the fields, and put in a pasteboard house, three stories high, all made of court cards, with the colored side inwards, and doors and windows cut out of the body of the Queen of Hearts. I sing so well, said he, that sixteen native grasshoppers, who have chirped from infancy, and yet got no house built of cards to live in, grew thinner than they were before, for sheer vexation, when they heard me. It was thus that the flea and the grasshopper gave an account of themselves, and thought they were quite good enough to marry a princess. The leapfrog said nothing but people gave it as their opinion that he therefore thought the more, and when the house dog snuffed at him with his nose, he confessed the leapfrog was of good family. The old counselor, who had had three orders given him to make him hold his tongue, asserted that the leapfrog was a prophet, for that one could see on his back. If there would be a severe, or mild winter, and that was what one could not see even on the back of the man who writes the almanac. I say nothing it is true, exclaimed the king, but I have my own opinion notwithstanding. Now the trial was to take place. The flea jumped so high that nobody could see where he went to, so they all asserted he had not jumped at all and that was dishonorable. The grasshopper jumped only half as high, but he leaped into the king's face, who said that was ill-mannered. The leapfrog stood still for a long time, lost in thought. It was believed at last he would not jump at all. I only hope he is not unwell, said the house dog, when, pop, he made a jump all on side into the lap of the princess, who was sitting on a little golden stool close by. Hereupon the king said, There is nothing above my daughter, therefore to bound up to her is the highest jump that can be made, but for this one must possess understanding, and the leapfrog has shown that he has understanding, he is brave and intellectual And so he won the princess. It's all the same to me, said the flea. She may have the old leapfrog for all I care. I jump the highest. But in this world, merit seldom meets its reward. A fine exterior is what people look at nowadays. The flea then went into foreign service, where it is said he was killed. The grasshopper sat without on a green bank, and reflected on worldly things, and he said too, yes, a fine exterior is everything, a fine exterior is what people care about, and then he began chirping his peculiar melancholy song, from which we have taken this history, and which may, very possibly, be all untrue although it does stand here printed in black and white. The end. Hopefully you've fallen asleep before the end of this podcast, but if not, thank you for listening, and if you like these stories, please subscribe to the podcast and come back and listen as I read through the classics.